do we know or do you know the call of God, you personally? Do you know the purpose of God for you as that relates to you in your life? That's what I want to talk about this morning. I've talked about the call of God before. I want to start with that and show you something else today. Now, there is the general call of God that you find in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And the general call of God is to salvation, we'll say. Or you could say the, the kingdom to salvation for the individual. And, of course, everyone here has answered that call. We have been called, as John says, we've been called out of darkness into the light. Now what? And Paul says a lot of different things. And I want to show you something. I'll just read. I have a few things in, in my notes here. But those, and this is, you know, worldwide, church after church after church, person after person after person, those who initially respond to the general call of God now have the opportunity to find out or to fulfill that call, find out the specific call of God and how that relates to their life. Now, there are a lot of Christians, a lot of Christians, who if you ask them, what is the call of God for you? And immediately, the thinking of people is the ministry, you know, called... Um, maybe to the mission field, called to be a pastor, called to be a helper or whatever, teacher, you know, whatever. And that's normally the thinking when it comes to the call of God, when you hear the call of God, when people say that. Paul says this, this is in Romans, he says, we are called to be saints. You say, well, what does that mean? We're called to be holy uh, to be pure, to be set aside. So we're called to that. And then in another portion of Scripture, it says, we're called to the fellowship of His Son. Very important. And then he says, we're called unto liberty. And then he says, we're called unto the kingdom. And, and you can continue on. There are other things he says we are called to. Paul, on the road to Damascus, he heard the general call of God to salvation. He was a Pharisee. He was a Jew. Uh, he kept the law to some degree. But yet Jesus came to him personally, and there was an, a call to his life to salvation. Now, once Paul was called on the road, it's not too long afterward, some years afterward, he is able to see something different. He's called into the fellowship of Jesus Christ or with Jesus Christ. But you see when he starts later on, he starts to write uh, to the different churches. He uses this phrase, I'm called to be an apostle. He uses that at least two or three times, called to be an apostle. So he answered the general call, and then you have... The personal call, and that is to something else. And I'll leave it blank because there is a specific call that God has that goes out 
to your heart, to my heart. And don't think ministry because the call goes before something else. We're going to get to that in a few minutes. But does anyone here know what the word call or called in the New Testament means? Anyone know what it means? And I actually went through, it means a, can mean a, a calling, like a ministry. But I went through like three or four different uh, lexicons, and I found the same basic meaning. Of course, there's other things too, but the same basic meaning for the word call, and that's this, an invitation. An invitation. So the Lord calls a person generally into salvation. Now, as they walk and turn to First uh, Corinthians, uh, excuse me, First Thessalonians. Now, as they walk, they must walk a certain way. And this thinking that some Christians have that you know you can walk with the Lord and then. You can go and do your own thing, and you can sin, and don't worry, the Lord forgives you. That's a very dangerous thinking because that individual who has that mindset and follows that direction will never see the call and purpose of God in their life. They'll never see it. They'll never fulfill it. Now, they may do some good works or some works, but they will miss certain things for sure. Now, in 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 12, that you would walk worthy of God who calls you. And the phrase who calls here is a present tense participle. So it seems to me from that, um, that Greek verb that you would walk worthy of God. That means you have to walk a certain way. And then he says, who calls you presently and continually? So I was reading that this morning. I'm looking at it saying, now, that means to me that the Lord is continually, somehow, some way, through his word, through, through whatever, through the spirit of God, through what he lays in front of you, uh, trying to, you to make it trying to get you to make certain decisions. That is coming forth from the Lord, this call, this calling, 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 calling you to the way, calling you uh, in a certain path, in a certain direction to, work, to walk that way. And those who have gone a different way, as far as I can see in this verse, the Lord still is calling them. So that means to me, that that individual must be denying that call, even though they may go to church, they may even teach, they may do uh, works, but yet there is this calling for a certain path that they are supposed to be on, and if they have gone in another way, that still comes to them, but there has to be some type of denying of that to continue to walk where they are, or to stay where they are, to be where, they're, where they are at that time. So he says that we are to walk worthy of this call. So you 
or myself as a Christian, I don't believe we will, most of us won't see immediately when we're saved what the call of God really means in our life. But if we're walking in a way that is worthy of the Lord, pleasing Him, as we continue down that path, we will hear certain things, we will see certain things, we will have a, a direction maybe for uh, some, a certain point in our life. And as we go along with that, the Lord will begin to open different doors. For example, in Revelation, this came to me, the Revelation 3.20 says, uh, Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. So that's, that's a continual thing. It's like a calling. He's calling. If anyone will come in, there'll be this fellowship. I will sup with them. You know, you're going to, to start to see and understand, you know, what you need to, to understand for where you are today. And then another um, or a greater thing will come later on as you continue in this, in this way, the calling. So the calling means an invitation. And the call can come in various ways. You know, the Lord is not limited to any one specific way. Mainly, you will hear through the word, through a preacher. You will hear through the word, through your reading. The Lord will, will speak to your heart. You will hear something. You may see something. Or you can see something and have a direction or whatever at work. It doesn't really matter. Uh, when Moses went into the wilderness, you know, he wasn't thinking about any specific thing, I don't think, when, when the Lord called to him. You know, well, you know, whoa, okay, now what, what's going on here? And so he answered that call. The way in which, as this verse says, the way in which we walk matters. It matters. Because that will affect what we see, what we hear, all, all kinds of things. So walking worthy of the Lord is important. Now, the Lord will draw your heart. He, he will do that. He does that. And answering you and I, answering our draw from the Lord, answering that, where that will be where we will hear the personal call of God for us. If we're not going to allow the Lord to draw us, we're not going to answer that draw, then we're not going to understand any personal call. Uh, we might gravitate toward works. You know, we might do this or that or go here or go there. But we must, in our spirit, internally, answer that draw that he has for us in our life. Now, for me, I knew years ago, uh, when the, first, the Lord first led me uh, into, well, this church, when it first started, it was actually a prayer meeting. It wasn't even a Bible study. It was just a prayer meeting, uh, not necessarily to start a church. But I had this draw to be there in that place, and that's never left. And if I would not have been uh, sensitive to that, or I would not have answered that, then all of which the Lord has brought to me 
and the work that he has done in my life, that would not be accomplished, I don't believe. I mean, I could have been somewhere else, and the Lord could have done certain things there with me. But the point is this. You know, a lot of this stuff for people is, is gray. It's the gray area. You know, you, you're to be where you are to be, and that means that the Lord leads you somewhere or leads you into a place, and, and you now answer that draw, and you stay there until the Lord does something different. And so that will be where you'll discover the personal call of God. Now turn to Isaiah 6. Isaiah 6, and we know this portion of Scripture, but I'm going to read it anyway. In the year, verse 1, that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim, each one had six wings. With two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And this is very similar to Ezekiel's vision and also John's vision. They, they all see the Lord or see the glory of the Lord. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, the whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips. Now remember, Isaiah was, so to speak, saved. He was saved. He wasn't a heathen. He wasn't out living for himself. He's there with the Lord, so to speak. The Lord comes to him where he is and shows him this thing. Because I'm a man of unclean lips, I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. So there's something he sees now that shows him his unrighteousness, and now the Lord is going to bring something else to him. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having uh, his, in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin purged. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying. So here again, you have an individual who is saved and he's going to hear something. He's going to hear the personal call of God. See, the general call of God he has answered. Now he's going to, to hear the personal call of God for him. Whom shall I send, and whom will go for us? Then I said, here am I, send me. So here you see Isaiah being called to be a prophet to Israel, and he's going to go and give them the word of God. Whatever the word, the Spirit speaks to him is what he's going to speak to them and show them. So now he's moving into the personal call of God only because he answered the general call of God and he was living the way he should be living and walking the way he should be walking. Now the call of God will bring enlightenment. And it will show the individual what it is 
possibly, <laughs> put it this way, the call of God will be understood internally. It not, may not necessarily be something where the person knows exactly what they are to do long term. So some, per, some people are called early on into the ministry, you know, as a pastor, you know, as a, a missionary or what have you, uh, as an evangelist. And so they, they answer this call. They see this call, they answer it, they know that that's what the Lord has for them, and they move in that way. But you may not have that. You may just know that the Lord has called you internally. You know that there is a call upon your life, but what that exactly is at this time, you do not see and you do not understand. But you know internally that there's a call. So the Lord calls Isaiah with a specific thing now, and his whole life now is going to be moving in that direction. Called to be a prophet. Now turn to Philippians. A very familiar portion of Scripture. Uh, Philippians 3, 14. I press, Paul says this, I press toward the mark, it's King James, New King James says I press toward the goal for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now, the, the mark means goal, or it means that to which movement or activity is directed. So, internally, you know you're called, but now there is to be a movement toward that call. So he says, I, I press toward the mark or the goal, or there, there's going to be some movement in my heart or possibly some activity that the Lord is showing me that I'm to be doing for the prize of the upward call. The high call, the word high means upward, means to a higher place, uh, to a position above, and it means a goal which is up. And if you'll remember in John, Jesus speaks to the Jews, and he says, I am from above, you are from beneath. And this high calling is to take you to this above place, this higher place. And if you read that scripture that Jesus says, you are from beneath, I am from above, he goes on he says, you are of this world, I am not of this world. So to answer any higher call, we must be not of this world, like Jesus said. So the Jews he was speaking of, could not advance at all. They could go no further in, well, they were in the Jews' religion. But they could not go to this higher place. The law could not take them to this higher place. There must be in the heart, I believe, the work of the Lord that they know, the individual knows, that there is a higher place, there is a higher call, and to answer that call, they must not be of this world. And that's an internal thing. 
He's not, say, he's not saying that if you go to church, that solves everything. No. The high calling, being not of this world, is an internal thing. And, of course, that's seen outwardly by others. Now, in Romans, turn to Romans, another scripture we know, we can all quote. This scripture here is going to connect two things for you. A verse we've read a hundred times, and many times we don't connect the dots. It takes the Spirit of God sometimes to connect the dots for us. Oh, this relates to this. Romans 8.28. And we know that all things work together for good, those who love God, and to those who are called. Now, we've been talking about being called. So in this verse, you have those that love God. See, those that love God or those that are dedicated to God will be called, as we saw in the Thessalonian scripture, the Lord's going to be calling and calling and calling them on. But there's a key thing in here. Those that are called according to his purpose or in proportion to his purpose. So the call is related to or connected to the purpose. That's why you see it in that verse. Now let's go to Timothy. It's basically the same verse in Timothy. Of course, a couple of things are not in this verse, but it's very similar. Where is it here? Oh, 2 Timothy. 1 verse 9, who has saved us, that's, that's the general call, and called us with the holy calling. That's Now that's the personal call, that's to go on further, to move on. Not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. You see that? The call and the purpose in two scriptures we just read. He called us according to his own purpose or in proportion to his purpose. So the call comes before the purpose. So you're not going to know the purpose of God if you don't answer the call of God. There are many, I believe, I don't know if I should say many, there are a lot, who have been called, but have never actually found the purpose. They're, they're in one area, the call, and they've never even answered that. They've never proceeded past that initial thing. So how can you understand what Paul is saying here in these two verses dealing with according to the purpose of God. Now, you may think you know the purpose. A person may say, well, this is this and this is that. But the Spirit of God will sort things out. Jesus is going to sort everything out at the judgment seat of Christ. So a person who was called and started to go in a certain direction that they heard this call, and they left that, and they may not even believe they left that. It's very strange. They, they leave that, and they continue on, and they believe they see 
uh, the purpose, but they very well may not. They might not even really see the call. You know, a person, a person may deny, well, you know, did the Lord really call me? If, if a person, a Christian, doesn't hear the call like Moses, there is Moses going along, and the Lord, you know the, the story, the Lord calls to him out of the bush, the burning bush. And he turns aside, and he, he begins now to answer this call from the Lord. Well, you know, that only happened one time in the Bible where someone saw a burning bush and was, where the Lord called to them out of that. You don't need a burning bush, so to speak, to be called by the Lord. But you do need a heart that desires to answer that call and to move on further to this high call, to understand some things. And I, I believe that many never get to the purpose. Now, there's a verse in, and we know this verse in Matthew. It says, many are called, but few are what? Chosen. Many are called, but few are selected. See, you have to walk a certain way, and few are selected, and few really move and understand the purpose of God. So, you know, now we're back to where we were before. It's an individual thing. This is a personal salvation. And as uh, I believe as Paul said, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. That means, when he says work out your own salvation, it doesn't mean you go do what you want. That means you are responsible to hear. You are responsible to move in the way that the Lord is showing you. You are responsible to understand the direction for you personally. You're responsible, not anyone else, not the person next to you. You're not responsible for me. I'm responsible for me. And so, you know, we have to watch that we're not deceived into some other thing and miss the call and miss finding the purpose. Now, we can know, and I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit here, we can know the purpose up here, just like we can hear these verses, and we can, can hear and, and understand in our mind what some of these things mean. But in spirit, we must, Jesus said, my words are spirit and they're life. See, we must have an understanding in spirit to get to the life. You know, there must be some communication that we have from the spirit somehow, some way, so that we understand that this is the way that we are to go and, and stick with it. Don't be turned aside, as it says in Deuteronomy. In Ephesians, look at Ephesians 4, related to many are called and few are selected. Few are, are cho become choice, as one individual has said. 
Ephesians 4, where should we start here? Let's just start in verse 1. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. You see that same thing there again. You know, we are to walk a certain way. And we can become unworthy of the call of God in our life if we resist, uh, if we deny the call, or if we substitute something else for the call of God, which is, I believe that happens more than we know. Substitute something else. There are people in certain professions, I believe, have had the call of God upon their life. And for one reason or another, whatever happened in their life, they chose the money, the success, the profession over the call. I believe that that's, I don't want to say common, but that's happened. Have you ever gone and been around a professional and for, for what, whatever reason you're there, and you sense that that person was called and they've gone a different way. Now, on the outside, they look successful. They have a business. They have money. They have cars, houses. Everything seems to be going okay for them. But remember that verse, it says that God continually calls. I, I don't think a person who turns back the call of God is ever really satisfied inside. You know, doing what the Lord sets before you as a Christian will bring great satisfaction inside. Like, like nothing else. Like nothing else. We talked about uh, the prison ministry, some of us fellows that go down. And, you know, you, you minister and you walk out of there with this. You're satisfied that God chose you to do this, even though it's difficult. But you have this satisfaction in your heart because the Lord used you to meet the need in someone's heart and life. There's nothing like it. Answering call. Hey, you want to go, uh, you, you know, I feel you should go down to the prison with us. Uh, not me. <laughs> I'm not too sure about that call. Well, the men that uh, received the call here have gone. And I believe the Lord has done quite a bit in them. And, and I've seen, I've seen what the Lord has done through them. I believe that if, if you all could see what goes on, you would be very proud of these guys in a good way. That they're from this church and they're ministering to these people that are in a bad way and are messed up. Answering this one aspect of the call of God. Verse 2. With all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And this is the verse I want to show you. There is one body and one spirit, 
just as you were called in one hope of your calling. Do you see that? The hope of your calling. See, so it is possible not to fulfill the calling. It's the hope of your calling. The hope that you and I would respond to the calling of God. The hope that we would understand and see the calling and the purpose. Now, I'm running out of time here, so we need to get to the purpose. The word purpose is, is an interesting word, and it means of a thing, setting forth of a thing. Or the setting forth, or placing it, uh, the placing of it in view. And let, let me read this. Let's turn to Hebrews. And I want to read something that related to the, uh, this verse here. Hebrews 9. Hebrews 9, verse 2. Before a tabernacle was prepared. Now, he's talking about the tent in the wilderness. The first part, and when he's talking about the first part, he's talking about viewing it from the outer, the outer court, the first part being the holy place. You know, the holy place, then the holy of holies. The first part, in which was the lampstand, the table, and the showbread, which is called the sanctuary. The showbread, let me read this, and I'll come back. It says, the table with the loaves was a continual reminder. In the holy place, there was a table, and they laid the showbread. That was uh, the unleavened bread. They laid it in two piles there. And it says that this, that this is symbol, symbolizes, or it's a reminder of the everlasting promises. It's a reminder of an, the covenant between God and his people. And it's a memorial of God's provision of food. Three things. So the purpose, that's, if, that's the, the definition of the word showbread here in verse 2, showbread. It's purpose. The same, same Greek word that Paul uses where it says the purpose, called according to his purpose. The same word here is uh, translated showbread, which means that the Lord here has put forth something in view. It sets something here in view. In this uh, context, it means the promises, the covenant. See, you have, ha- you have a covenant because of the blood of Christ. And then the provision. It's all set there before you. The purpose of God, he'll set that before you and display it before you so you can see it. It will be a testimony to you of the covenant, the promises, and the provision. So you will need those to move in the purpose of God. Now, I want to continue. The call of God and His purpose is not to ministry. That's the normal thinking. Well, if the Lord takes me to a foreign land, you know, that's the call and the purpose. That's not the call and the purpose. No, that's what we think. 
you know, we're called to be this, we're called to be that. Well, that's true. You can be called to be a missionary. But the call and the purpose of God are not to ministry. That's not an end. It's not to ministry in and of itself. The call and purpose of God, and some of you younger ones should probably come when Pastor Jim is preaching or when someone's teaching and take some notes once in a while. The call and purpose of God is not to ministry, it is to be. You are called, and the purpose of God is that you would become. And that's the reason for the ministry. See, we get it all twisted up. You follow along the call of God, and you do whatever he's showing you to do. And in there, you will, you will be made. And you will fulfill the call and the purpose in your life as he's making you. You'll be made. See, what a person accomplishes through being a pastor, an evangelist, a teacher, a missionary, whatever, that's going to fade. It's going to go. But what the individual has become through the ministry is what's important. That is what the call is for, and that is what the call leads to, that purpose. So if you want to know what the purpose of God is for your life, it is to become. Now, of course, that, that, that can mean being called to be a pastor, being called to be an evangelist or a missionary. But to get to the bottom line of it, if you read what it says in Romans 8.29, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predetermine that they would become what? Say it again. Conformed to the image of Christ. So that is a purpose for you. You say, well, all I do is go to work. All I do is, as a, you know, a, a mother, is change diapers. That's beside the point. That means nothing. It doesn't mean you, you are not called. It does not mean that there's not a purpose for your life. To do what the Lord sets before you at times can be very difficult. How many, I'll ask Jim and Dave, how many times have you gone up to the jail to minister and not want to go? Huh? A couple times. But you go anyway. Because you're called in that area at this time. Answering that very thing will do something inside of you. It gives the Lord an opportunity to place his character to some degree in you. How many know that you need more patience? How many know that maybe you're not as gentle in spirit as you should be? 
certain characteristics that, that Jesus has. He wants to put them in, into you. And answering that call is going to be one of the ways in which he does it. The important way in which he does it. Being conformed to the image of Christ. So many are called. Some answer that call, some do not. Some answer for a short period of time and then they go their own way. But answering that draw, answering that call whatever that may be, will be the place that you will discover the true calling of God. And if you stay in that, walking with God, you will understand the purpose of God in your life. So the Lord has great things for all of us. And sometimes I think we, we look at our life and we say, you know, I'm pretty unimportant. And the Lord really has done too much through my life. You know, what do I do? I'm going to get up, I go to work, come home, I eat, I do whatever I do in the evening, I go to bed, and then you go through the same cycle every day. See, what the Lord wants to do, see, even in the, the basic routines of life, if your heart is open to the Lord, he can teach you, he can change you, he can do something on the inside of us and fulfill this purpose that he has for our life. So as this word here means, a setting forth. He sets it forth. And there it is. And what am I going to do with it? And there it is. He sets it forth, just like the showbread. Now, this is here for you. Are you going to find out what this really is all about? Are you going to see the purpose there? And now, answer the call so that you can start to understand what that is. I thank the Lord that he has opened our eyes, many of us in this church, to the call and the purpose. He's opened our eyes to see and to understand at times when he's showing and directing and teaching and, and speaking to us. Very important. Because to fulfill this personal call, this invitation, will mean that, you know, we have to learn from him. We have to learn how to walk in, in the spirit. You see, the spirit has to teach us. We have to know when something comes, if, if that is the Lord or it's not the Lord. And I think many times Christians get, you know, confused. And I always say this, you know, start with, you know, there's all this stuff out there, all these different things in the scriptures, you know, there's all these things moving. Start with a very, very, very basic thing, which is walking today, doing what you know is right to do, and have your heart soft and open to the Lord, teachable, uh, you're a learner, a disciple's a learner, and allow him to teach you and direct you one little step at a time. That's all you need. That's all you need. And have a heart to go where the Lord is leading you instead of going your own way. Walk in what he shows you is his will rather than your will and what you want to do. Now, if we can do those very simple, basic things there, 
then that will, will lead us. Let's go back to that uh, 2 Thessalonians verse to uh, close. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 2.12. 1 Thessalonians 2.12. That you would walk worthy of God. See, just walk in the path he's showing you. Very simple. What is he showing you today? What's he showing you this week? Oh, uh, well, he showed me at work that I have an attitude toward this particular person. Okay, he's showing you that for, the, for a reason, that he can deal with that and, and get that out of you so you, don't, you no longer have an attitude toward them. You know, what is he showing you today? Well, if he's showing you that, then he, he wants to work on that area of your life and, and you know, cause that to, to cease, because I've, I've had to deal with that you know, when, when I was working before in my other job. And you say, okay, Lord, let's, let's go with this. And it changes your attitude towards somebody. You walk worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. And I didn't finish that part of the verse before. He calls you into his kingdom. So you're, you're, it's not talking about heaven. It's a different, that's a different Greek word. It's not talking about heaven. It's talking about the kingdom. And the kingdom functions according to certain principles. So he's called you into his kingdom. Now you're, you're there, and you need to learn. You need to learn, so your life. And he's called you into his uh, own kingdom and glory. He's called you into his glory. So there's quite a bit that we can move into if we'll only do the very basic things and not make church a tradition. Don't make it into a religion. Keep it a relationship with Jesus. And if we do that, we'll be okay.